You're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two pals recap romance novels. The podcast where two pals recap romance novels while sifting, whisking, and probably preheating the oven to around 350. All right, HBs, mark your calendars because we're hanging out with Alexandria Bellaflor on April 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, HB Susanna just pointed out to me that the gorgeous cover on the fiancé farce is actually a painting. Both of us were sure it was a photo until we had the ark in our hands. Like, wow, it is amazing and gorgeous and sapphic and yum. Anyone at the $10 tier and up on our Patreon can come to the live hangout with Alexandria. And if you're on the fence about joining our Patreon, all five episodes of our recap of A Court of Mist and Fury are up and waiting for your ear holes. I went on a journey with Nesta, and the ladies from the Flights of Fantasy podcast were the perfect guides. It was so much fun, and God, their insights were incredible. This week, though, H.B. Meredith is back. And she's here to recap Rosalind Palmer Takes the Cake by Alexis Hall. So, get ready for chickens, Muppet texting, and GBBO references. Here we go. Oh my god. Hi, Meredith. Hello. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for dealing with my shit show. Yeah, no problem. It's nice dealing with somebody else's shit show. Some things don't change around here. No, never. Oh my God. How have you been recently? I've been so good. Yeah. I The weather has been nice where I am. Yeah. Um, and so I've been outside a lot and I've been letting my chickens outside, Yee! like out of their run. Um, but the problem with that is that my chickens think that they're humans. And so every time I let them out, the first thing they do is like try and come in the house. Ah! So I was like in my kitchen the other day and I had the door open and I looked down and all of a sudden there's like three chickens in my kitchen and they're just like (gasps) hello how's it going are you have you come to the table (laughs) we would like to discuss your car's extended warranty with you it's like are you interested in solar power exactly yeah they were definitely (laughs) here to sell me something so then I had to like tempt them back out of the house and like go throw mealworms like elsewhere yeah but I love it because it means the weather's nice and I'm outside so yeah it I've been trying to trick Michael into letting us have chickens recently. Yeah. Um, it's not going well. It might be a multi-year endeavor. You know what I mean? I mean, I but love I mean having it... chickens, yeah. but like, yeah. No, I'm in it for the long haul, though, um, because I had chickens when I was a kid, and it's so fun. And like going out and getting the eggs and not They're paying great. $7 for a dozen eggs. Right. It's really nice. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and like they eat all your kitchen scraps so you don't have to like feel bad because you're throwing stuff Absolutely. away. Yeah. So I know. yeah, they're great. And they're very funny. If they feel like they haven't been getting enough treats lately and I go outside, they just like all start screaming at me like, <gasps> hello, we would like some treats. And I'm like, <laughs> they're the most spoiled chickens in the world. I love that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, and you so you've had like old chickens and new chickens, right? Is it just like a new batch or? Yeah. So my old chickens came with our house, weirdly enough. Yeah. And then like in the course of a week, one of them 
died and one of them straight up disappeared and you can't have just one chicken because chickens are like they're social, very social and they'll get no, depressed uh-huh. if you have yeah. just one chicken so it's like well chucks now i have to get more chickens so then Shoot, i got it a yeah. friend but then it kept bullying the friend so oh. then i gave the third old chicken away <laughs> and got new chickens okay so now i have like a whole new batch of chickens and some of them are normal sized chickens and some of them are bantams which are the little chickens yeah 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 the teeny so they make ones. like teeny eggs and they're uh-huh. super cute oh yeah they're adorable yeah yeah, we used to have arocanas when I was a kid. Um, That's what my why white chicken is. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And I love them. I mean, I think my kids would like go bananas because of the blue They're eggs, great. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's just fun. It is fun. Although I did have to buy eggs to dye Easter eggs with the kids this year. <laughs> so we had white eggs. <laughs> I don't have any white eggs. Totally. Totally. It's a yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah, no. When I was growing up, all of my eggs were brown and blue. That mm-hmm. was it. So, yeah, no, you're right. In order to die, you do need those white ones. It's just not That's... the same. Yeah. Yikes. Oh, my oh, gosh. Well. You know what? This sounds like something Rosalind would do with her daughter. Amelie, not Emily. No, it's Amelie, which I love. Yeah. I also sound a little bit like Alan, though, talking about my own eggs and like my homegrown honey. And like, I feel (laughs) sort of bad about that. So we'll have to like discuss this book and then we can decide who I sound more like. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you're much less pretentious about it. So it is true. I think we're fine. I think you're in the clear. I don't think I would (laughs) hang out with an Alan or invite an Alan to come to the show. No, no, no. (laughs) Um, No, the moment. Oh, we can't. I can't say it yet. Okay, let's talk about the book because this was one of the most interesting romance novels I have ever read from like a a reader expectation standpoint. Yes, I I absolutely agree with that. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I do want to know your opinion on how we should handle it. I should have asked you this before. Um, (laughs) Like in the recap, do you think we should tell them why now or do you think we should just present it as the book presents it and then, you know, maybe reveal something when we get to the point that I started Muppet texting you? I think we should reveal things when you started Muppet texting me just because the texts were really fun and I was going to make fun of you for it. Oh, God, there was so much rage on this end of the world. I'll tell you that there much. Was, yeah. Oh, I big could mad. feel it. I was like, <laughs> oh, somewhere in the world, Melody's mad. Yeah. Poor <laughs> Meredith's just trying to like, <laughs> just trying to celebrate her girlfriend's birthday. And I'm over here just Muppet texting. <laughs> like, I'm peeing, it's being true. like, this better. <laughs> so mad. That is what happened. Yeah. So we should say what book we're talking about. Yeah. Which is Rosalind Palmer Takes the Cake by Look Alexis Hall. I was prepared. Oh, you are prepared. Um, She's got the the physical book and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Rosalind. Rosalind is yeah. a 27, maybe 28-year-old British She's lady. She's a single mom. She works at a shop that sells stationery. And yeah. she has maybe the worst parents on the planet. The worst parents. They're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. She gets some really good advice later from a very wise character, and she almost takes it, and I feel like she's on the road by the end. I feel that way, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like if there was a sequel about Rosalind, like, she would be Mm. in a better place with her parents. Oh, most definitely. There is a moment where she says something like, um, the worst... 
thing a person could do is like wield their child as a weapon in a fight with their parents or whatever. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I mean, the way that she was describing it, that's correct, because it was like, you know, I'm not going to badmouth her grandparents in front of her. Right. But I firmly disagree. I think that, you know, boundaries with grandkids are a perfectly fine weapon to wield when yeah. you're dealing with a shitty grandparent. Like, for you know, sure. You, yeah, absolutely. You can either shape up or you don't get to see them anymore. Right. It's yeah. very simple. It's it's not complicated. <laughs> you don't treat my kids right. You don't get to see them, period. Absolutely. You don't treat me right in front of my kids. You don't get to see us, period. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, am I a monster? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. I think probably if I had read this book 10 years ago, which obviously I didn't because it wasn't mm. out then, I probably would have agreed with her. Mm. But the cool thing about being in your 30s is you learn how to set boundaries. Oh, it's beautiful. It really is. Yeah. And you learn that like the boundaries will hurt and they will hurt you even. But like in the long run. mm. Still better to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Okay. Sorry. So she's a single mom. She works in a shop. She's also very famously bisexual. And I love that. She is. I love it. The book starts (laughs) with her. Um, talking to her ex-girlfriend, Lauren, slash mm-hmm. best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, Married and, now to another lady. Yes. Um, and there, Lauren is like pretending. Okay, so the premise of this book is that Rosalind goes on a baking show like the Great British Bake Off. It's very clearly That's supposed to be the Great British Bake Off. It's mm-hmm. called Bake Expectations. So she's like Delightful. practicing her bake her first bake and her friend lauren is like now most of the bakers have done blah 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 but this Mm. milf over here and she's like lauren bbc's not gonna call me a milf and it's just like (laughs) a delightful little dynamic yeah it's so cute it's so cute i love them i love the way that their relationship has transformed over the years it's so so nice Mm -hmm. but anyway they have to go pick up amelie her kid not emily i did listen to this book for the most part. And then like oh. I read it later. And so there are a few things. Like I thought her name was Rosalind, not mm-hmm. Rosalind. Yeah. Uh, and then I had to do a Google and I, like Harry, became very educated because apparently Shakespeare did two Rosalinds. One is with an E in Romeo and Juliet and one is with a D in As You Like It. And like that's yeah. just the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. Anyway. I mean, apparently they only <laughs> had so many names in Shakespeare yeah. times. <laughs> Put a D on it. It's different now. There you go. It's fine. Yeah. So they go um, pick up Amelie from school mm-hmm. and Rosalind has to catch a train because she yes. has to get to fancy ass house where yeah. the show is being filmed. So she's yeah. like, got to get the girl, got to go to school. And then when she gets there, the teacher's like, we got to talk. She's like, that oh, is no. one of the, that like Valor's preschool teacher the other day was like, oh, I, I'll talk to you in there. And I was like, oh. <gasps> Like all of my sphincters clenched. I was immediately like, and, and I'm friends yeah. with this woman, but right. I was immediately like, I'm going to the principal's office. No, oh and that's what Rosalind says too. She's <laughs> like, she was like, I'm trying to sound maternally concerned, not scared and in trouble. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So the teacher's like, we have to talk about the language that your daughter's been using in school. And yeah. turns out, the daughter was talking about how her mom is bisexual because they were talking about the bi prefix, meaning two yeah. things. Bicycles have two wheels, yeah. et cetera. And the teacher pulls the like, well, we don't teach about LGBT issues until year six. And Rosalind's like, 
this is her family. And if you're preventing her from talking about her family, it's discrimination. So, yeah. and it was beautiful. I loved it how Rosalind handled it. it As a queer so person, beautiful. I was just like, yes, yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was, it was so, she handled it so nicely, but yet very firmly being like, this is biphobic and it's discriminatory. If you let other kids talk about their parents, she gets to talk about me because I exist the way I exist in the world. Right. Yeah. It was great. And I feel like that's sort of a trend that Rosalind has throughout the book. Like, Mm. because when she's talking to Harry later with the tea and she's like, "Hmm, no, this isn't okay. Like, she's never rude, but she's like, very okay with letting people know like that wasn't okay and I really liked that about her yeah yeah and I liked the I liked the contrast between the way that she deals with literally everyone in the world and then the way she deals with her parents yeah because it is it's um, like the the contrast is striking yeah. Anyway, yeah. So now she's fucking late to the train and then she misses the right train, has to get on like a different train that does a local stop probably. Probably. And it's a whole thing. And then the train breaks down and then she gets off at, you know, small town station and there is a dapper man who is also very, there. A very dapper man. And mm-hmm. apparently he's another contestant and his name Ooh. is Alan, but it's spelled with an I, which I it dislike is. strongly. Yeah, I didn't know that for the no first offense to one any Allens times. out there named Alan with an I, but I dislike that spelling. Mm-hmm. No, and I so they it. start they start a banter, and it's lovely. They do it's a it's a sexy banter. Okay, it is. They're talking about like British town names that are like innuendo-y, and it's very yeah. cute. Yeah, and he says like, "What's your name?" And she's like, "Rosalind um, Palmer." And then he starts doing that cute thing sometimes that people do. And he only refers to her as Rosalind um, Palmer for roughly the rest of the book. But pretty much most of it, it was very cute. Yes. They end up spending the night at a random farmer's house. They like very nice farmer. Very nice farmer. Who's like, spend the night here and I'll take you the rest of the way in the morning. On a hayride. On a hayride. They're like in a trailer with full of hay. And she's like, this is much less comfortable than it seems in all those England Times movies. Yeah. She yeah. doesn't say England Times, but you know. She does. That's... She does, listener. She does. She does. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so they get to the place. Oh, we should talk about Malawi, even though I hate it and don't Fuck want it stick. to exist. Yeah. Ah. So she's like, wow, you're a landscape architect and you're so accomplished and you're so dapper and you're so this and you're so that. And like, you're exactly the kind of person that my parents would love me to be with. And like, I don't really get any time to date. So it would actually be kind of cool if I did this baking show and then also ended up with a boyfriend. Like, listen, who knows? But because of that, she panics and he asks what she does. And instead of saying, I'm a single mom who works in a shop, she says, I'm a medical student. And I just got back from like years of like basically doing Peace Corps in Malawi. <laughs> and she's like, oh, shit, shit. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Rosalind, like, what are you doing? <laughs> her internal monologue at that point was so great. So she's good. like, as the words are coming out of her mouth, she's like, what are you doing? Stop it. What are you doing? And she's like, do I have to now commit to this for the entire show? Because it's very easy to disprove. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he's like asking her all these questions and she does not want to answer them. Um, So then they finally get to the baking show and they meet Colin Thrimp, 
who is the production assistant. He's just an anxiety ball, and you understand why when you meet his boss. Uh, but although, um, hello, <clears throat> Alexis Hall, hello. My name is Melody, and I would love, love a book, maybe even, like, like I would take a novella about Jennifer Hallett. Oh, in a heartbeat. I need it, honestly. I, I will it. say this, and I talked about this in the cult a couple of months ago, so I don't think it's a spoiler, but there's a second book in this rough series that also takes place at the same baking show. Paris yeah. Island Court is about to crumble. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I had to DNF that book because Paris has so much anxiety that was oh, so similar tough. to my internal monologue. Yep. And I was like, oh, I can't, I can't yep. do this. But I was so sad because I just wanted to spend more time in that world, like with Jennifer and Colin, yeah. with Marianne and Wilfred. Like, I just want more of like the behind the scenes baking show. Totally. It's it's the best. Like Jennifer. It's so fun. I mean, yeah. honestly, chef's kiss. Like, I think at one per- at one point she says, I don't trust you the length of a of like a, a weasel's cum shot or something. Oh, my gosh. Like, She's just like, honestly. this is how can I read just a little Please. bit? This is how we meet. This is how we meet her. She's like, they're having an introduction. All the contestants are there. Mm -hmm. And she goes, and finally, remember that this is a family show. So get Mm -hmm. all the fucks, shits, and bastards out of your system before (laughs) we turn the cameras on. Because you will lose me footage. And if there's one thing I fucking shitting, bastarding hate, it's when people (laughs) lose me footage. 14 hours seems like a long time. But let's be real, shitbags. This is a dozen people making cakes in a fancy house. And 95% of what happens is boring as arse. So if some complete dog scrotum ruins our only good shot of a wobbly pie, or smash trifle by dropping a fuck on it, I will personally feed their tits and or bollocks into a Megamix. That's all I can think of right now. But let me remind you that my entire pissing job depends on the great British public finding you lot completely adorable. So shy smiles and vapid anecdotes about your families are gold. And for fuck's sake, keep your opinions about God and the prime minister to yourselves. Good luck. Have fun. Nobody speak to me unless they're on fire. And then she walks away. And I was just like, why are we not reading 18 books about this woman? Honestly, She's amazing. I've never, I mean, and that is just one of her many monologues that are just absolute perfection. They're so good. Oh my They're God. I'm trying perfect. to, I'm trying to remember who the, the audiobook narrator is because this audiobook narrator is out of this world and she does so many different accents and voices and all the things but she does this scottish brogue with jennifer hallett that is just like mouth-wateringly good it is so good anyway okay i'll have to look it up later um but yeah so she's gonna do the show and i have a question i guess for do you do you gbbo i love gbbo yes okay Good. I'm glad that we have a scholar here because I have only GBBO'd in passing. Okay. And I and I do that because I know it will be a rabbit hole I'll never be able to get out of That's if fair. I start it, you know? Mm-hmm. So are they in a ballroom? Every time I've done GBBO in passing, they're out in tents. They're tents outside. Yeah. So they're not in a ballroom. They're usually in a tent outside. But I feel like Alexis Hall was trying very carefully to like be make it very enough. obvious, but be also be different enough. So like in this yeah. book, they're baking in this like big ballroom inside yeah. the house. It's great. They're not outside, but like they do reference the like sweeping shots of the British countryside when they drive yeah. up. And like there's a, a 
kind, happy host and like a and the, firm, the grandfatherly man. Yeah. Yeah. Now in GBBO, it's the other way around. Okay. Paul Hollywood is like the like one and mm. Mary Berry is like the lovely grandmother one. And so mm. they're switched. Wilfred Honey is the lovely grandfatherly one and Marianne Wolvercott. Wolvercott mm-hmm. is the like Mm. well <laughs> if it was good it would be nice but it's not good so it's not yeah mm. but it's just lovely yeah there's a lovely host of the show called grace Forsyth, uh-huh. who does like a melon sue thing all by herself with like bad jokes and it's just She's delightful. so funny yeah no it's great and and so you get to see like the a little bit of the filming aspects of it and mm-hmm. the way that this book is structured is fucking brilliant Because Mm -hmm. instead of like having chapters or whatever, the show is filmed in eight weeks. And so you get like week one pies or cake or whatever. Week two pies. And we do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then I think they'll do like Tuesday if uh, power goes out or something, right? Yeah. There's like very infrequently like what else is going on during the week. But the the book is mostly told over the course of eight weekends, which is sort of lovely. Um, It's really fun. That I think there's recipes in the book as well for some of the things that they cook Ew. at the end. And yeah, it's, oh, it's very nice. I'll have to so, send them to Naomi at the HEA kitchen. Yeah. So one of the things that is different from GBBO is that they only make two recipes. So they start with what they call in the book, the blind bake, which is yeah. like technical. And then they do like the showstopper. So there's just two recipes every week. Okay. But- yeah structurally otherwise it's like very similar to bake-off okay bake-off does more three. Oh, interesting so they do two on the saturday generally mm-hmm. so they'll do a signature bake which is just like okay make a cake and then you like make your favorite cake that you make every sunday for your family you're like whatever okay. and then there's the technical which is when you show up and you don't know what they're making and then like make this weird hungarian <laughs> cake thing that nobody's ever heard of with oh zero instructions um and then the next day they make a showstopper, which is like big and impressive. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, just FYI, the narrator for this book is Fiona Hardingham. And oh. she might be one of my favorite narrators ever now. So. Good to know. Yeah. So Alan wins the blind bake because on the way over on the hayride, she did let him look at all of her cookbooks because she mm-hmm. doesn't understand competition, our beautiful soul. She doesn't. she very strategically brought with her she's like well in the last couple of seasons the first blind bake has been from one of their cookbooks so i brought with me some of their cookbooks that are on cake which is what we're talking about yeah and then of course it's one of the cakes that they were looking at and ridiculous ridiculous so so he wins and it's bullshit and then the next day um the next day they have to do a different kind of cake, everyone. There's going to be a lot of me saying general baking terms. And by general, I mean like grocery store terms. So they're going to do a cake now. Uh, showstopper yes. one, probs. Mm-hmm. And um, at lunch, she goes over because she's been like, you know, sort of flirting with Alan every once in a while. And we meet a bunch of the other cast, but we don't really have time for that. Um, and Vita is the best. So she read is, the book. Yeah. But she goes over to get some tea with lunch, and there's this, like, hulking man who's standing there who Anvita has decided is one of the two 
hunk muffins, maybe, uh-huh. or stud buckets. What does she say? <laughs> Stone cold hotties. I Stone think. cold hottie. That's the one. Thank you. And so she's like, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm into this dapper man over here. But then he's like, oh, do you want a cuppa, love? And she's like, oh, he's yeah. one of those. Oh, I can't believe this. Like, he's a tradesman. And he calls ladies love and bird and all the business. And he uses the word ain't. And, like, a lady like me is not interested in a guy who we find out is like Harry. She is such an elitist asshole. She is. There's that one little part where she's like, I know Lauren, her friend who is a writer, would be like, English isn't. English is evolving and doesn't actually have rules. And dialects are cultural. Right. But I think that there's rules and you should blah, blah, blah. And I was like, girl, no. Oh, get out of here, you ah, you classist yeah. pig. No, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. She, she's going to get better. So she's like, I would like a cup of tea. Also, please don't call me love. And and so Harry's like, oh, okay, uh, what uh, should I call you then? Because like, uh, if you were a bloke, I would call you mate. And she's, and she's like, like, you could call me my name. And he's like, okay, what's your name then? And she's like, oh, I'm a dumbass. She doesn't say that out loud, but like, hello, Rosalind. <laughs> and so then she tells him that her name is Rosalind. And then she tries to explain that it's like, She's like, oh, it's from Romeo and Juliet. And he's like, I know I didn't get like great marks in school, but I swear the the lady's name in Juliet is Juliet. (laughs) And so then they start this whole bit where she's like, no, she's the character at the start where Romeo's in love with until he sees Juliet and then he forgets about her. And he's like, okay, so your parents named you after a bird. What's in a play? What's not in a play? (laughs) And then it's just like... (laughs) It's just my name. My name's yeah. Rosalind. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it was a little great piece of banter. And <sighs> while this is happening, they're getting tea, and it's like one of those like push down tea dispensary yeah, thingies, and the handle tea, gets boy. stuck. So they're just like holding a mug, and that slowly fills up, and then like putting another mug, like just waiting for it to run out because they don't know what to do yeah. with this tea, which was very funny. It's really cute. Well, and um, I think importantly, when that's happening, Harry's like, oh, no, it's not working. I'm not taking the top off. I'm not doing anything because if I do it, I'll have to like go over to that assistant and be like, look, I broke your thing. And then everybody will think I'm like the dude who breaks things or whatever. And I don't know. You start seeing a little bit of Harry's anxiety brain. Yeah. And Harry is a tradesman. He is an electrician. Yes. And I think there's also some of that like I'm here to bake i don't want to be stereotyped like yeah. i'm trying to avoid this like exactly i know they're gonna put me in a pigeonhole and i'm mm-hmm. trying to control a little bit which hole they're gonna slot me into for this yeah show so yeah yeah and roslyn shows exactly the hole that everybody's gonna slot him into in her inner monologue and it's she does so then one of the guys maybe dave He's like a fedora wearer. He has to go home. And she's like middle of the pack and it's fine. And then when she gets picked up at the car park, her dad picks her up. And it's like a couple of hour drive to go get her. And so she's like, yeah, they tell me that it's not a burden and it's like not a problem. And they say those words out loud, but they will remind me of this favor that they've done for me until the end of fucking time. So it's just the worst. 
Anyway, she's sitting there. Talk- oh, the other thing that happens later on, I'm so sorry, everyone, is that Ellen does find out because she's telling everyone else the truth. Oh, right. He, yeah. <laughs> the Malawi thing does resolve itself pretty quickly. So he's he comes up to her and he's like, so I heard you have a kid. And she's like, uh-huh. Yeah. He's like, did you meet somebody in Malawi? And she's like, um, none of that was true. <sighs> and he was like, cool. Well, I don't know who you are and you lied to me. So I'm going to go think about that. Yeah. Bye. And she's yeah. like, oh, but you were cute and I liked you. Yeah. And, Stupid and she's sort of I know. She sort of tells him, like, I got so nervous because I, I like you. I'm interested, you know. Yeah. And that's why. So then they're at the car park and she's sort of, you know, saying a very awkward goodbye to him. And her dad, who's like a cardiologist, comes over and he starts doing that thing that he always does with male suitors only i guess where he's like oh yeah like what do you do and you know basically interrogates them until they feel terrible about themselves and their accomplishments because they're not enough right but and she's like but alan seems close to winning yeah oh yeah alan's holding his own he's just like oh yeah have you been to dubai recently that's where my most recent landscape project was Yes, oh. Alan is a landscape architect, which neither we nor Rosalind are sure what that means. I think because he's like she's a landscaper like, who doesn't get their hands dirty, right? I think so. She's like, do you like say mountains need to go yeah. there? And somebody puts a mountain. He's like, no, but I did have a lake moved once. And I was uh, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't sound like a real job, but apparently it's impressive enough for St. John Palmer. Yeah, it's definitely a a rich person job, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, you just call yourself a gardener or a landscaper or (laughs) whatever. So now week two, everyone, is pies. Pies. And on the Friday, she is, like, walking around the the grounds before anything starts to, like, clear her head and really, you know, get in her bad bitch mode and, like, I'm going to win this thing kind of deal. Because her whole plan is... This is an opportunity to, like, change the whole trajectory of her life. Right. She's here because she needs to win so she can get that chunk of cash so she can basically get out from underneath of her parents. She's working a minimum wage job. She's, like, holding her own. But she is in that place where, like, if her car – well, actually, I don't even know if she has a car. Like, if her car breaks down, she'd have to call her parents to, like, come rescue her. And then Mm -hmm. her parents are going to hold that over her forever. Oh, yeah. And she's just – she's like, I want the cash so I can, like, get out from under this and make a good life for me and Amelie. And that's what I'm here for. Yeah. And the – if you do well enough, you get, like, cooking deals. You get a cookbook deal or whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's, like, a bunch of opportunities afterwards. And she's like, I won't have to work at a stationery shop anymore. And that would be great. So, okay, as she's walking around, the thing happens that happens with Darcy and Elizabeth after he proposes to her where, like, they run into each other on the walk, okay? And they stare at each other, like... It's just as awkward. (laughs) She's like, I can't flee because that's not socially acceptable. It's all I want to (laughs) do. So he's like, shall we go on this walk together? And she's like, okay. And... You know, she's charming and she's like, oh, have you dined out on the story about the girl who liked you so much? She made up, you know, being in Malawi or whatever. Yeah. And by the end of it, he forgives her and like gets a bunch of her life story. And 
over the course of the book, there are several times where we see other people asking her about like her life and her life choices, essentially, Mm -hmm. because she got pregnant at 19 when she was in Cambridge to be a doctor and she decided to drop out and have the baby and like not go back because mm-hmm. even though she had the parental support, they would have taken care of Amelie or like gotten a nanny or whatever so that she could stay in school. She made the choice to be a, a much more hands-on parent, honestly, than she had. I right. think is, and it's not all of it, but it's certainly part of it. And it's, that's like part of what drove the wedge between, well, I mean, her parents are not great. I'm sure there was friction there before, but her parents like, you had so much potential. You could have been great. And now you're, and she's like, but I am great. Like, I'm a great mom. I'm right. like, I'm, even though I'm not a successful doctor, right. like I'm still like, I'm still valuable. I'm still yeah. human. And they're like, oh, you had all this potential that you've wasted. And it's just, it's gross. Yeah. And she's very successful if you look at it with a measure that's not her parents. It's not defined by her parents. Right. And, and she her parents are both way. doctors, right? Her mom's yes. like some famous oncologist. She's an oncologist, yeah. And her dad's one of those artist. doctors that like doesn't even do surgery anymore because he's like too successful of a doctor so like people just call him to consult she says well and she says at one point she's like he doesn't even leave the house unless it's a triple bypass with complications you're just like oh my god go away (laughs) yeah he's insufferable and he also likes to listen to the shipping forecast which i thought was very funny constantly it's so funny yeah well and so the interesting thing about these conversations to me at least is that that sort of friction between Everybody else being like, it's kind of sucks that the dad got to go be a hydroponic engineer or whatever he is. Yeah. And you had to sacrifice. And she has to keep on being like, Amelie's not a sacrifice. She's a person. She's like my favorite person. She is a choice I made. It was not a sacrifice, you know? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I thought that was handled really beautifully yeah I agree I one of the things that I love about Alexis Hall in general is like how those sort of tricky complicated conversations happen like Alexis Hall Mm -hmm. doesn't shy away from them Mm -mm. um as we've seen by the very first scene in this book where she's like um hi Amelie gets to talk about me I exist um and Alexis Hall handles them so well and in such a thoughtful way and I've almost like put some of those strategies into my own like backpack of like, how do I respond to things? Because like, oh, this is a good way to handle this. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I really like his books seem really like real, like about real people who deal with real stuff, but like handled in a way that you walk away from a conversation and then you're like, I should have said that. And like, yeah, they just say it the right way. The first yeah, handled it in the goals version, unless they absolutely don't, but that's like part of the plot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So the other thing that I sort of loved about that, like awkward having a walk conversation is they, they like patch things up. The silence becomes more comfortable and they start chatting again. And then he's like, so I can't help but notice you mentioned an ex-boyfriend and an ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Are you into multiple sorts of people? <laughs> and she, she goes, she's like, ah, this conversation. Mm-hmm. She's like, not a huge fan of people asking her that because 
with guys especially it's usually like fetishistic like oh that's yep. so hot so she goes um oh yeah a huge variety i've dated playwrights engineers bass guitarist a lawyer and he goes you know that's not what i mean that's blondes I mean. brunettes <laughs> he's like okay fine i just wanted to make sure it was okay to put the moves on you that you weren't a lesbian and she's like no you can put the moves on me and he's like cool is it okay if i put the moves on you then and she's like yeah that could be cool and inside her inner monologues like be cool be cool don't be she's desperate like, don't be desperate eee! yeah she's like yeah and he does kiss her right there he by does, the river he does do a kiss on a bridge mm-hmm. it's very idyllic it is yeah it's very storybook yeah um and so i will say that from personal experience one of the like one of the reasons that i'm i mean one of the many reasons that i'm with michael is that I'm a bisexual person and he from day one was never like, oh, wow, really? Like he was like, OK, yeah. man, or, do you want to be monogamous, though? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> That's, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> and it was yes. really refreshing because like I, it's just like, stop it, everyone. It doesn't. Yeah. I had somebody say after they found out that I was bisexual, I had somebody try to explain it to somebody else by saying that if I go out to a party, um, you know, everybody else might come home with like a dude, but Melody will go home with anyone. And I was like, that's, that's not. Kind of, but I still have standards. Like not the same, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I also am a um, bisexual person, but Mm -hmm. I'm also a polyamorous person, Mm -hmm. but I'm in like a committed relationship just with multiple Mm -hmm. people. So like that conversation is also even harder because like, yes, I do sleep with multiple people on a regular basis, but like, I'm also, no, I just want to sleep with these people. Yeah. It's just these ones. I like these ones. Yeah, I don't. It's not a free for all over here. Just because like I find all sorts of people attractive doesn't mean that I'm not like, yeah, I hate that assumption. Like, oh, you're bisexual. Therefore, like, "Mm." yeah. Oh, my God. Today, um, Ember and Michael went and got some fish for our tank. And Ember said, hey, mom, I made sure that we got two girl fish and two boy fish. And I was like, oh, really? Why did you do that? And he's like, because then they can marry each other. And so I didn't even think about it. I was like, I was like, ugh, like a plant fell over. And so I was dust binning the, the floor. Uh-huh. And I said, or they could just be in an open poly knot. And, and he was like, mom, what's an open poly knot? And I had to be like, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> explain that to a six-year-old yeah my girlfriend's kids are um 11 and 8 and we've been together for like a while Mm -hmm. and so like this is just very normal for them to like have multiple like parents around adults around yeah like we all sleep in the same room when we're together so like that's Mm -hmm. just normal for them and then every now and then one of their friends will say something and be like wait but why is that weird though because like yeah and it's kind of cool, like raising kids that way to just be mm-hmm. like other people are, you know, live their different lives. But then also sometimes they'll still say something like, that's incredibly heteronormative of you. So uh-huh. like, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, your mom's dating a girl, right? Like, uh huh. It's very no. funny. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Kids are great, dude. Seriously. Uh, and, and I will say, think so much more. Yeah, 
And I will say, if you're the kind of person that doesn't like kids in a romance novel, we've talked about Amelie a lot, but she's A, pretty chill, and B, not like a huge... She doesn't show up a lot. So I think you should still read this book. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. She doesn't show up a lot. And when she does, she talks like an adult. You She's know? very precocious, which yeah. is great. Yeah, it's pretty fun. All right. So week two, pie. So they wake up on Saturday and they're baking this. Basically, Rosalind describes it as a lemon meringue cake, but somebody wanted to make themselves seem different so they added oranges and called it something else but it's just a lemon meringue cake um -hmm. but she keeps getting distracted because alan kissed her so her her monologue is like okay make the crust this is fine i know how to do alan kissed me last night no okay so squeeze the (laughs) alan (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is just very funny that like new relationship like distraction and she's like no i have to cook i'm here to cook but alan kissed me Uh uh-huh i loved it yeah, and and he his concentration is not broken for a moment. It's insufferable, actually. Yeah, yeah it really is. So, okay, so what are they? She like I, does he win the second one too? The I second think so. Wine bake, yeah, yeah. He's constantly winning stuff, and he's constantly he's just, like, "Oh, I foraged this mint. This yeah, this coriander grew in my garden. I made this I jam. Did. Oh, he didn't win that. Ricky won that." Um, oh yeah, Ricky accidentally wins. <laughs> yeah, Alan did fine on that one. Ricky said, "I've never heard of that pie. I've never seen that pie. I've never eaten that pie." Mm-hmm. Which is absolutely a thing that happens on Bake Off. Like every now and then, somebody will win, and like I had no clue what I was doing. I just got real lucky. So I love that. I love yeah. that. So then, as they break for lunch that day, she's sitting with Anvita and a bunch of the other contestants, and mm-hmm. Anvita's like. Hey, go over and get Harry because he's a studsicle and we can ogle him from closer up if you go yes. get him. <laughs> and she's like, I'm really not super comfortable with that, but like, I will go get him to include him, I guess. And, and Vita's like, yeah, whatever your reason is, just go get him. <laughs> <laughs> and Vita's great, y'all. Like, she's lovely. And I really enjoyed her presence until she lost at some point and disappeared. But until then, she's great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So she goes over and he's like, hey, before you say anything else, like, I, I just want to make sure I didn't upset you the other day. She's like, upset you? And he's like, well, about the name thing and the love thing and the bird thing and the mate thing. And she's like, oh, no, 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 it's OK. Um, I don't like think you're a dick at all or whatever. And he says, he says, because sometimes I'll say something and then I'll think, Christ, Harry, you utter ball sack. And it'll be buzzing around my head forever. <sighs> relatable Same, content. Harry. Same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Relatable content. I, every once in a while, still think of a stupid thing I said um, no less than 12 years ago on a rafting mm-hmm. trip. Yeah. Nobody else remembers it. Nobody took offense to it at the time. Uh, still, we'll wake up at three in the morning thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, and he switches so, to calling her mate. He does. And he says, and this is lovely. He says, you said I wouldn't call you love if I was a bloke. And I thought about it and you had a point. And it was this or start calling all my mates love. And I reckon they'd look at me a bit funny if I tried. <laughs> and I just loved that. Like you said something and I thought about it. And you were right. So I changed what I was doing. And I was like, yes, good job. Yeah, Harry. it's so cute. And and this will happen over and over again. And every time yeah. she's like, huh, 
He's not the knuckle-dragging tradesman I thought he was at the beginning. This is really weird. I I keep thinking I understand him, but I don't think I really do. So, and he's really anxious about groups. He's really anxious about going and eating with the group. But she brings him over and it's adorable. It's very cute. Um, Harry and Anvita, like, have an argument about football, which is a very, like, British thing. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure people have seen before and it's adorable. And then Rosalind's parents come up and they sort of all talk about like how supportive their families are or aren't. And is there for her gran. Um, Harry mm-hmm. hasn't told anybody he's there because he doesn't want his work people making fun of him. Yeah. So that's lovely. Yeah, it's really, really cute. And then like they have this boring conversation about like rich people landscaping throughout history, which like, listen, I'm a historian by oh. heart. I love but like, God, I don't care about this conversation at all. Alan gets really pretentious about like landscaping about the way trends. That, oh yeah, the way that you can see the the way the the land and the the buildings have shifted over the hundreds of years they've yeah. they've existed. He, like, like the, give- uh, this hermitage exists because <laughs> rich people were idiotic about something way back when, right and. And so she keeps on being like, I don't really want to cut him off because, you know, he's obviously passionate about it. I think at this point she does really think it's charming, right? I she's think like, so. Like, I normally wouldn't be interested, but. He's talking about the hermitage and she's like, hang on, just because you live by yourself and do stuff on your own doesn't make you a hermit. And he's like, well, but that's what they called them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I was highly annoyed. She thought it was relatively charming. I guess. And then she reveals that she has some tattoos of butterflies. Yeah. And he's like, ah, oh, can I see them? And we get this like lovely little flirty conversation about her butterflies. And yeah, they're all the where- way up her spine, mm-hmm. which is sexy. Sorry, everyone. For sure. Yeah. That's Absolutely a hot tattoo. Is. Yeah. So. Anyways, I mean, oh, sorry. The only, sorry, the only notable thing that happened um, right before this is that Ellen came over while she was just having like a random conversation with Harry. And there was this moment when he was like, oh, well, you know, I don't, if I'm interrupting something. And she's like, what? Like in her inner monologue, she's like, what? Interrupting something with Harry? No. Like, I can't believe he would even think that. And then she, ditches harry to like go on this walk with yeah but like she and alan still or he alan and harry still have this little like pissing contest conversation that i hated yeah harry's just like hey you did really well last week like great job or whatever and alan's like yes thank you so 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 much yeah it's fine it's whatever yeah so then it's Sunday and they're making pies and they have to make 24 miniature pies, 12 sweet and 12 savory. And she is starting to have a problem with her pies and Grace Forsyth. And this is also directly um, something that Mel and Sue from GBBO have said mm-hmm. that they do. She messes something up and starts crying and Grace just shows up, takes a spoon out of her hand and starts swearing and using name brands, huh? basically making the footage un terrible yeah. on purpose to like yeah make this she doesn't want 
this to have to show up on air and right. so grace just like comes over and swears and then like goes oh did i ruin the segment sorry how about oh, you go film bad. someplace else and mm-hmm. so yeah it's really cute yeah she's trying to make dolce de leche something or other and her something like dolce isn't de lecheing yeah yeah it's it's really cute she doesn't win this one either but she comes in in the middle and she's like she's solidly like, the middle baker and this second episode too and she starts to worry like am i good enough to be here mm-hmm. and vita wins the second week yeah. um, which is lovely somebody loses who we don't really care about because we didn't really get to know because he's only been there for two weeks so it's fine yeah, it's fine oh and then when pickup happens Harry is walking to his car. It's Lauren and Amelie who come get Rosalind. And so he sees Amelie and he he like sits down and he's like, oh, he's like chatting with her. And he gives Rosalind his card because he's like, hey, if you need anything, like I'm an electrician, I'm really handy. I can fix whatever you need. And, you know, because I know it's hard for you. And Amelie's like, why is it hard for mummy? And, he, and he's like, well, you know, she's a single mom and she can't work and take care of you and fix the boiler and, and, and do everything else. And so then Rosalind can't figure out if it's like a come on. And then he like jokes around with Amelie about being a Viking instead yeah. of. He, she goes, are you a baker? You don't look like a baker. And he's like, what do you think I look like? And she goes, I don't know, like footballer, fireman, soldier, Viking. Yeah. And he goes, well, I was going to be a Viking, but I went to the job center and they didn't have any openings. So I became an electrician instead. Uh-huh. And she goes, you should have gone back the next day. <laughs> and she also says, she goes, I could fix the boiler if we could learn something useful in school, but instead we have to learn spelling. Uh-huh. Amelie hates spelling and it's very yeah. funny. It's really cute. And Harry's like, oh, no, spelling's really important, too. And it's just adorable because he he talks to her like she's a person. And yeah. it's great. So and he accidentally calls Lauren love. And then he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I haven't introduced myself. I'm I'm Harry. I'm on the show with Rosalind. And I don't know. Amelie outs that they are exes. And she's like, oh, how is Harry going to take this, this working class person? I wonder how he's going to react. And he's just like, okay, well, cool. Let me know if you need anything and I'll see you next week. If not, bye. Yeah. And it's great. It's lovely. And then in the car, Amelie's like, he should have been a Viking because that's very cool. And then she goes, can I be a Viking? And Lauren goes, sure. Nowadays, we just call it historical reenactment. (laughs) It's so cute. (laughs) So it's adorable. She goes home. Alan texts her and it's like, hey, you should come over. And she's like, like, that's great, dude. But like, I have a, I'm a single mom. I have a kid. Like, you're and just, he like, lives in bumblefuck like, f- nowhere. F- kind of far away. And she's yeah. like, you inviting me to come over is just asking for me to do a chore. Like, well, she's not quite exhausting. there yet. Right. She's still in the stage of like, oh, a cute boy is asking me to go like hang out with him or whatever. And she's like, yeah. I don't think I can swing babysitting. And he's like, maybe next time. And she's like, yeah, maybe next time I can I can do that. And wow, listener, um, let me just let you know, there is, I don't think there's one time in this book where he even acknowledges how hard it is, 
he's making there's her not to see him there so, is not yeah yeah anyway um and she also rates the kiss a solid b plus seven out of ten and lauren's yeah. like since when are you satisfied with the b plus and she goes it was just a first kiss and he goes it's sex not legos like yeah yeah yeah, so and she's like, like, I'm getting to a certain age. Like, I can't expect everything. If a man has a good job, he might need to be taught some things in bed or whatever. And Lauren's like, I really, you're like, not even 30. Like, stop Have you this. Met you? Stop. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're great. Okay, then so, the next week is bread. Bread. And she has to do week. a sourdough. Yeah, which I love baking sourdough, but also sourdough is finicky. And you can do exactly the same things you did last week and it might not come out. And like, that's a shitty thing to make bakers on a competition do. Interesting. Also, her electricity goes out at the beginning of the week. Bum, bum, bum. That's this time? Yeah. Nice. She flipped the circuit breaker and then it happened again the next day and she flipped the circuit breaker and it ruined both of her loaves. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she gets somebody to come look at the boiler and he looks around and goes, hmm, uh you're gonna need a new one uh you're gonna here's 120 pounds um call me later and then it makes the same noise and she's just like very frustrated with home ownership which i can relate to yes absolutely and in the meantime you're like harry just gave you his card call harry which is not the first time listener that you will say this during this book no Absolutely not. Because it takes her way too goddamn long to call Harry about her electricity. A whole ass other character has to tell her to do it. And like, that character is a child, spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's when I started Muppet texting, I think. I don't know. I was big mad. You were big mad. Big mad. So they do a sourdough. It's great. Um, But she's like, you know, she's a little bit stressed because she's like with the travel expenses not being, um, you know, reimbursed yet and having to take off weekends from work. Like I can't do the boiler and this and that and the other thing that I have to do. And like she's starting to realize like how backed into a corner financially she is. But she really doesn't want to take money from her parents. So yeah, she also has a conversation with her mom about Amelie, which I don't want to talk about too much, except mm-hmm. that like it just continues to go showing that like her mom does not understand why she's a bad parent, but like is a bad parent and a bad grandmother. Yeah, most definitely. So anyways, they show up to make sourdough. They have starter for everybody. Bakers out there are like, how are they making sourdough on a competition? And yeah. I'm here to tell you. It's annoying, but they do it. They have starter for everybody that's ready to go. They have an hour today. Then they're going to leave it till tomorrow. And then they're going to finish it, which whatever. Yeah. But Um, because of that, they're not allowed to have any of their technology because they don't want them looking up like stuff about sourdough and how to make it great. And so So they confiscate their phones like overnight. And she's like, no, I need to call Amelie. Like I have an eight year old. What the fuck? I have to call home. Like, you yeah. have to let me call her. And so. Harry comes upon her as she's, like, you know, sort of talking about this at first. And he's like, he's like, well, do you want, you want me to go with you? And she's like, you know, it's like, in her inner monologue, she's like, my mother questions what, like, my parenting. And now this guy is questioning my parenting. And he's, she's like, yeah. why in the world would I need you to go with me? And he's like, I don't know. Sometimes it's just, you know, easier with backup, a little bit of support. 
And she's like, I can do it by myself. And he's like, I know. But, you know, nothing wrong with asking for a little bit of help. She's like, right. oh, well, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. And so he goes with her and basically just stands there as she's like, somebody get me my fucking phone or I burn this place down. And I loved yeah. it. She was so good. So first mm -hmm. she talks to Colin and she's like, I need my phone. And Colin's like, is your kid sick? And she's like, no, she's eight and I need to call her. And she's like, well, you signed a contract. And Harry's like, you're not going to, she's eight. She's not going to give any sourdough secrets away. And Colin goes, I don't make the rules. The production company makes the rules. And she goes, does that mean Jennifer makes the rules? And Colin's like, please don't. No, please don't. <laughs> And so then she goes over to Jennifer and she's like, I need my phone. I have to call my daughter. I made a promise to her. And that was right. the other thing Harry said. She's like, a lot of people don't think it's important. And he's like, no, it's really important to keep promises to your kids. Like, it is. Right. It might be small, but it's still important. Right. I loved the way she managed to get Jennifer to give her her phone. It was like, if you don't give me my phone... I'm going to cry all night and then I'm going to look like shit tomorrow on camera. And Jennifer's like, fine, you can have your phone, uh, put her on speaker, stay with her. Don't ever let this happen again. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Well, because she just figured out from Jennifer that she's apparently the pretty one. She thought she was going to yes. be the boring one. No, she's the pretty but one. But she's like, God damn it. I'm the pretty one. But like, okay, yeah. you want me to look like shit on camera tomorrow? Give me my phone. And- after all this is over, the next section starts with, wow, mate, said Harry, you was a force of nature. I was like, oh, it's so cute. And she's like, look, thanks for coming with me. I'm sorry. I was kind of rude earlier. And he's like, I get it. You had to call your kid. It's fine. And yeah. oh, it's just great. And so then um, she finds out he has three sisters and that one of them is also a single mom. And she's like, oh, I wonder if he was just giving me his card because he understands what his sister goes through. Right. That would be a weird human thing to do. Wow. But she can't quite wrap her head around it. And then as they're ending that conversation, Alan comes over and he's like, oh, I was just wondering if you wanted to go for another walk. And he says, I saw you were busy earlier. And so I didn't want to interrupt you. Doing that thing where he's like looking back and forth between her and Harry. I mean, like, I saw yeah. you were busy again. Just like people can talk to other people. So first, people can talk to other people. Great point. Second, I think it's really notable that Harry's first response was, do you want some backup? And Alan's first response was, oh, that looks like a mess. I'm going to stay away from whatever that is. And I'm going to yeah. approach her when she's more, you know, sexy. Done with her messy stuff. Yeah, like, when she's yeah. when she's done being a mess and she's presentable for me kind of thing. Yeah. Alan looks at Harry and goes, you don't mind if I kid nap Rosalind do you and Harry goes I reckon with people it's called it's he goes you don't mind if I steal Rosalind and Harry goes I reckon with people it's called kidnapping being like she's a person yeah you could just ask her which well, I then, loved I loved it and then this asshole responds with I think it's called an idiom and Harry's yeah. just like well see you never I gotta go over here have a great night bye and yeah. she says like hey man that was a little bit much like Harry was just making a joke and he yeah. goes, oh, I'm sorry. That had that went right over his head. There's no way he understood that because he's a lowly she goes, tradesman. She goes, I don't <sighs> think that makes it better. 
Yeah. And he, she's like, you're not being funny. Like he's a person he's been nice. And Alan's just like, it's just cause he wants to get with you. And she's like, I don't think it is though. Right. Right. And this is not the first or the last time that he's going to be like shady about other people. Right. But it is the first time that she has seen him do it to someone's face. Yeah. And, she, and you oh. know, I think I changed my mind about the walk. Like, I don't think I want to go for a walk with you right now. But then they end up going back to her room. Yeah. She's like, which, like hey, do you want to instead of going for the walk? Do you want to just come to my room for sex? And he's like, okay, like, I don't have a condom. And she's like, yeah, I didn't bring any either. And she's like, well, you know, we could probably, like, do other stuff or whatever. And he's like, oh, no, I saw a machine in the bathroom. Hold on. And he, like, runs as fast as he can. Literally. I That's not Melody yeah. fanfic. He pegs no. it across the lawn to, like, get to this bathroom. He was sprinting away. Like, yeah. Yeah. So sex with Alan like, was fine. It was good. It kept her out of her head. It gave her a brief welcoming sense of being in control of something, even if it was just her body. And I was like, mm, yeah, okay. Yeah, I've had that kind of sex before. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, mm. it's fine. <laughs> it's like fine. Could have been doing anything else, though, frankly. So this and- is when Melody, listener, this is when Melody starts frantically texting me. Oh, She's yeah. Meredith. Who is the hero of this book? <laughs> I want it to be Harry, but she just had sex with Alan. And she yeah. was so mean to Harry. And I was like, no, we don't like Alan. It's fine. It's definitely Harry. And she goes, good. I was trying to figure out how to continue speaking with you and Alexis Hall, because yeah. Melody and Alexis Hall aren't speaking terms, if Alan was the hero. I don't know if I had to break up with both of you. That would be terrible. That would be awful, but don't worry. It's Harry. Listener, Harry oh. is the, the hero of the story. It is Harry not is Alan. the hero. Yeah. And we don't even see an act, like, a, we don't see a, a penetration scene with Harry at all. It's incredible. No, it's great. This book like, is they so... They don't really, she doesn't get with Harry or even, like, identify him as a romantic prospect until, like, towards the end of the book, which I kind of loved. It's incredible. Yeah. Like, because the whole time she's dating Alan and... Being friends with Harry and getting to know Harry. And he's and, just lovely. And, he, and I love him. Yeah. And he's, every time she thinks he's going to do what she expects, he does the exact opposite. And it's always very yeah. perceptive and understanding. And like, he doesn't say the things with big words, but he says the things. Right. And yeah. I don't know. It was just really, this book was a marvel as far yeah. as like, being a reader and what the, you know, the social contract I make with a romance author when I pick up a fucking romance book. Yeah. And I didn't, I I was serious about the breakup, you know, like it was. I know. Touch I was, <laughs> I was really glad that I could be like, no, no. Because I was like, man, Melody will never speak to me again if I never. picked a back. <laughs> no, I would have, but you would have had to do some really hard work uphill. <laughs> Yeah. So anyways, they have sex. It's not on the page. Like it's not closed door. They talk about it after, but like Alexis Hall doesn't do super explicit sex scenes in general. Unless he does. Unless he does. Yeah. Correct. But this is one of those like <laughs> it happened and like whatever, we're fine with it. Which mm-hmm. to be honest, like 
Alan is smug and I don't really want to read about him having sex because it's probably going to be insufferable. So I'm glad we didn't have to. I mean, one of them. Hold on. I got to. I'm going to look for it. While you're looking it up, I'm going to say this is one of the parts where this is the first time where Alan is suggesting to her that like you don't have to be a single mom and work in a shop forever. Like you could still go back to school. Like you could still do something with your life, which like is a super offensive, but B does get her thinking like, Oh, maybe I do have options. Yeah. Maybe I do have options. Maybe I can go back to school. Maybe that's, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. What were you looking at? Sorry. The, I was looking for the place in the sex scene where he like, (laughs) okay, hold on. He like finishes and it says collapsing beside her. He realized that she hadn't yet. And then the next paragraph is sliding his hand from between her legs. He gave her one of those smug, I just orgasmed you grins. And then he says, you're quite something, Rosalind um, Palmer. And so technically I have nothing to be mad at Alan for. You know, he made sure that she was like taken care of or whatever. And I guess that's adequate for Rosalind. I guess. And so I didn't, you know, I was like, okay, maybe it'll get better. Or like, maybe I don't understand what's happening right now. I don't understand. Yeah. (laughs) I, she was like, this is fine. Like, it's not great, but like, I, eh, I'm, I'm fine. Whatever. Yeah. The, the, the good hormones are going through my body now. So like, that's nice. And okay. So let's squinch up the middle parts because she spends the whole time baking and dating Alan. And like, yeah. They, you know, she is mediocre the whole time. Alan wins quite a bit. She is fine for a while. And then at some point, like, hits her stride and starts doing a really good job. But she does have, like, a solid couple of weeks where she is just, like, fine in the middle of the pack. And she's like, I'm tired of feeling fine. Like, I really need to step up my game. It's really hard to step up my game and build the Taj Mahal out of bread when my electric's not working. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, And her whole thing is, like, you know, the Palmer way mm-hmm. is like, you have to be the most and the best. And if you're not, you're nothing. Mm-hmm. There is no adequate in the Palmer home. And so that's sort of running through her head too, because her parents don't respect her for doing this reality TV show in the first place. And so she right. also like doesn't win the reality TV show. She's like, I like, it's just so embarrassing as far as my parents are concerned. So Alan, like, uh, for Biscuit Week, Alan invites her over to his lovely little cottage in a village that's the Venice of the Cotswolds. Apparently. And Which, like, listener, I don't live in Britain. I've never been to the Cotswolds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm but sure like, it's lovely. I'm sure it's lovely. But it takes but like, hours to get there. It's in the middle of nowhere, apparently. And, like, Alan is very proud of this place that, like, sounds fine. Like again, lovely. It's sure it's, I'm sure it's lovely, but like yeah. cool. You but live she in a has village. To take off work. She has to get a babysitter. She goes like she's like, I either have to spend multiple hours traveling or go at a really inconvenient time. So she goes early and then doesn't want to like look too I don't know, desperate or something. And so doesn't yeah. call him for a couple of hours. And I'm just and like, like just hangs out in this random village. Like Yeah. And, and then like, Alan has money and a car. Yeah. And never once offers to come to her. Never. Which and I'm just like, sir. Uh-huh. It's always 
you come to me and like, we'll get to it, but never, never Emily. So then he's like, P.S. I looked into how you would go back to medical school. Not that big a deal. Like, here's your life plan. It choose, you know, if you choose to accept right. it kind of deal. It's, it's very simple. And like, you'd be so foolish to like stay doing the the shitty job you're doing now and not do this amazing plan sort of yeah. attitude. And he keeps on being like, well, and your daughter doesn't need you as much anymore. So why should you continue like sacrificing or whatever? Yeah. You know, we could do this. And she's like, I really enjoy spending time with my kid. Why does nobody understand that? <laughs> um, yeah. So they go back to his house and they're doing, um, they're baking cookies and, mm-hmm. it, you know, they're working on it and He's just like not doing the assignment. Like he just doesn't understand the assignment because it's supposed to be like nostalgia cookies. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I'm going to make really posh cookies. And like, you know, they're lavender and stuff. And so she finds a narrative for him to tell the judges to make this okay. And the whole time he's just very obviously being like, I cannot believe that you're condescending. Here's, to here's me the right thing, now. right? What the judges want is for them to be like, this is the chocolate chip cookie that my mom made every single weekend. Or this is the, the, it's cookies, but like, this is the cake that we would always have for birthday party, right? Like they're looking for Mm -hmm. something that has like meaning. Mm -hmm. And Alan goes, yeah, but like chocolate chip cookies are for kids. Like anybody can bake those. I want to bake something fancy. So he just tosses the brief out the window and makes Mm -hmm. whatever the fuck he wants. And so she's like, well, here, you could be like, oh yeah, my parents we traveled to Paris a lot. And so these are flavors like here. Yeah, these are flavors that remind me of my mom, you know, right? like even though like it's pretentious biscuits, like pretentious people have childhoods too, I guess. Like sure, man. And he's like sort of disgusted that like he needs that. He's like, but I'm a good baker. Why can't like, I just bake good things. Why do I have to have this narrative? And it's like, cause that's the fucking point. It's a TV show. Fuck face. Like and throughout this whole thing, Alan is competitive, very. and Rosalind isn't with him. Like, yeah. like you get the sense that he will ask her at some point what she's making so he can make a better thing, mm-hmm. and she never would do that to him. Never, no. She's it's always just sort trying of a to gross help. Dynamic, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in this moment, he like brings her onto his lap, and he's like, Rosalind mm, Palmer. I'm beginning to think that you're not very good at this whole competition thing. And then like makes out with her face or whatever. It's like, ugh. So, okay. So then the other things that happen are she, her electrics go completely out and she's calling and calling and calling and calling and calling and can't get anybody to come out. And it's, and I'm Muppet texting Meredith hard at this point. She she was, she said again, like, (laughs) When is she going to call Harry to fix the electricity? All in caps. All in caps. And then Melody says, I'm sorry I'm shouting at you, but frankly, you, Rosalind, and Alexis Hall deserve it right now. I forgot how you said that. You did. You deserved yeah. it. I stand by that. I was so mad. And because- like, yeah, go ahead. I- the weekend Melody was reading this was my partner's birthday. So the four of us, like, were out of town. We were, like, in a cabin. There was a hot tub. Like, I wasn't looking at my phone very often. No. So I was just getting these, like, delightful, <laughs> ranty Muppet messages, like, at random times. And it was just 
best thing. It was so good. Ridiculous. So then finally, the child is like, why can't you just call the Viking? Because like, like she texted Alan and Alan was like, oh, wow. Well, you know, let me know if you need somewhere to crash and you can totally crash at my pad. And she's like, and Amelie? And he's like, oh, no, oh, my no, house isn't childproof. Like, she's eight, dude. There's like, no Like, I child- can't just leave her at home with and no also, electricity. Yeah. So simultaneously that and like eight-year-olds don't require childproofing. They're just humans. That are right. smaller. Like, <laughs> she doesn't chew on wires, Alan. Anyway, so she's like, okay, well, that's out. And then Amelie, wise child that she is, is like, please call the Viking. He said he could fix anything. And so she's like, oh, my God. Yeah, duh. Why didn't I think of that? She calls him and he's like, you all right, mate. And she's like, yeah, but my electrics are out and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, well, I can be there in an hour. Like, I will figure it out. And so because, again, like this is a British, like, no, oh, sorry, the lighting's so weird. You're fine. Um, this is like a nationwide competition. Like, so these yeah. are not, like, he doesn't live in her town, which right. is even better because he like has to drive for a little bit to get there. And he's still like, cool. Um, This is how long GPS says it will take me to get there. So I will be there in this amount of time. Like, yeah. drop everything and drive an hour to come fix her electric, which is for just free. Lovely. She's for like, free. I can pay you. And he's like, oh, no, we're, we're, we're mates. You don't have to do that. Yeah. That's just, this is just friends being friends. All right. That's where I'm going to leave you this week. Ooh. Next week will be part two. And we'll get to see the rest of Rosalind's journey through baking and men. If you want more heaving bosoms throughout the week, follow us on social media and join the Patreon. We've got over 150 bonus episodes waiting for you to binge. And most of them are Aaron and I, so if you're feeling nostalgic, there's a brand new backlist waiting for you there. Have a wonderful week, keep being a badass, and love yourself as much as you love threatening to break up with friends and authors over a fictional character's choices. It gets serious. (laughs) 